Welcome in Braves Today. Bravestoday.com is where you can find us. He is Lindsey Crosby. I am Ben Taylor. And one of the things that we've got to talk about is to quit freaking out at the A's loss. However, we will recap the A's just a little bit. And uh, and one thing that I told Lindsey is uh, you, you only get one of three. However, I'm not displeased with that. And the one reason being is because I'll just jump right into it. When the Braves got done with their series in Atlanta, they flew to Oakland. They arrived at 3 a.m. local time, which is 6 a.m. Eastern time. And then pretty much less than eight hours later, they had to be at the clubhouse taking batting practice, taking infield, and then play a three-hour game. And everybody wants to point out, well, they lost one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, not just in the American League, in Major League Baseball. And it's like, yeah, but you do your job when you've literally lived off of four hours of sleep, traveled all night, and that could be a desk job like you and I have. It'd be tough yeah. to do. I couldn't imagine doing something physically and taxing. And then Jeff Francoeur made it a point during the broadcast to say, as a player, it's not even that first day because you got adrenaline going. A second day, fatigue really sets in. And, of course, they went 0-2 the first two games of the series. Yeah, and it's – I mean – it was not the Atlanta Braves that we're used to seeing, right? They scored a grand total of, I think, three uh, three runs in those yeah. two games. You could obviously tell they di- they weren't there. They didn't have all of their stuff. Uh, I'm not too worried about it for a couple of reasons. One, we have an explanation for why that happened. But two, end of the month, you're fine. When you look mm-hmm. at the, the month, it wasn't a fantastic month. I think, you know, it, you won like one more game than you lost. But you went into the month with a five-game lead. You come out of the month with a four-game lead. So it's it in the end, it didn't hurt you that much. And you have a chance in June to really pile on and make the lead bigger because that was the month that you had to face the really good teams. You had to play Baltimore. You had to play Texas. You had to play the Dodgers and Seattle and things like that. This month, yes, you have a series against Arizona. We're going to talk about them in a second. They're a really good team. Then you play the Mets. But then after that, you have 16 te- games against teams with losing records. Mm-hmm. You go, you have, you go to, you play Washington at home. You go to Detroit. You play Colorado for four at home. They are not good away from Coors Field. Nope. You have three against Philly, who is dangerous but still has a losing record. And then you have three in Cincinnati, where a a, a check swing can be a home run. So, mm-hmm. like, you have a chance to build the lead here. I'm not too worried about the month that was because the poor performance explanation for it. And you have a chance to make it right in July, in June. Well, fans are just kind of jumping on that bandwagon of basically they're calling what the a series, a whole recap of the entire month of May. And that's just oh. not the case. And you know, that's another thing I hate to keep dogging on the A's, but everybody else has, I mean, they don't even have fans showing up. The paper bags have been out since like week one, uh, whenever they were out there, as far as the people wearing the bags over their heads in the stadium mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But that also getting in at 3 a.m., which is six, you're what time you're used to and having to get up four or five hours later to make your way to the ballpark. Uh, it's just one of those things where against a team that just the atmosphere is not there. There's they do that. And let's just say it's against the Dodgers. I think the mentality is a whole lot different than mm-hmm. what it was going into the A series. Now, with that said, and that was one of the things I put on the notes and one thing re- people need to relax, the pitching actually was there. Yeah, it was, I mean, the, it was the bats that didn't travel. The arms were there. 
Uh, Soroka first game in three years. Yep. Soroka looked good, had one mistake where he gave up, you know, a fourth run, but he looked good. Uh, Tuesday, you had the lead late. That was a walk-off on a really fluky error at third base that Austin Riley doesn't normally make. Jared Schuster looked good in his start. The pitching was fine. It was just the offense wasn't there, and that's something where if there's a little bit of fatigue on a hitter, maybe they're a split second behind on pulling the trigger on a swing or something like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's explanations for it. And ultimately, it's an interleague game in late May. It doesn't really matter at the end of the the end of the day. You play 162 and this was two of 162. It would we have loved to have won those games? Yes. Ultimately, at the end of the year, if Atlanta does not win the division, is it going to be because of these two games in Oakland? No, no, because when they ended the month of May, they again, they ended four games up. Uh, went into the month at five games up, as Lindsay said, only really dropped a game. They didn't drop that game because it was Oakland either. So uh, that's another thing. Some other teams did their job throughout the month. Now, speaking of arms, Spencer Strider is got a howitzer right now on his right side and has uh, surpassed the 100 strikeout total faster than anybody in, in majors history. He still is the strikeout leader in Major League Baseball uh, over um, Otani, who is – always known as worldwide as the strikeout king, yet you got this young guy over in Atlanta that seems to be doing a pretty darn good job himself. 106 strikeouts in 63 and two-thirds innings. Uh, it is 15 strikeouts per nine, which the the one leads all of the major leagues. Mm-hmm. But you typically don't see starters with numbers that ridiculous. You see a lot of, a lot of relievers, elite closers, strikeout guys, mm-hmm that have a strikeout per nine that high. And Spencer Strider is on track at this pace to break, uh, you know, to, to, to break 200 strikeouts. In, I'm sorry, to break 300 strikeouts in mm-hmm. less than 200 innings, which is usually not a thing that happens. I think Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole did it in 2019, and they threw like 210 or 220 innings to break 300 strikeouts. He's on pace to do it in like 182 innings. So yeah, Verlander was known as like the complete game king. I mean, he was doing it in complete games, not doing it in six and a third or six and two thirds or, you know, seven and a third like Strider's been doing before we set. And I hope that the Braves continue to do that and continue to not overuse him. Everybody sees that total and they go, oh, my gosh, we're throwing him nine innings every season. No, he's doing this in six and two thirds innings or seven and a third. He. I don't even know if he's gone eight this year. I don't think he has. His last five games. He has uh, 28 and two-thirds innings. And, like, I have to do the math real quick on the strikeouts. He has 49 strikeouts Mm. in those five games. I mean, like, he faced the Dodgers. He went six innings, 11 strikeouts. Toronto, six and two-thirds, 12 strikeouts. He's just racking up strikeouts at such an absurd rate. Nine strikeouts against Philly in six innings. You know, 10 against Baltimore in five innings. Like, he's not going incredibly deep into the games. He's just very, very good at getting strikeouts. And does that mean he's probably not going to not going to get a complete game? Probably not. But it's fine because he's on pace to finish with 300 strikeouts. Well, and Braves fans are going to be super happy that he's not throwing complete games right now whenever playoff baseball comes around because uh, they're going to actually need him and need that arm because that's when the fatigue starts setting in. And that's been the most impressive thing that I've seen out of him thus, th- thus far. He's pitched enough now. There's enough tape on him. There's enough uh, scouting reports on him to know what he's, and he's still out there to go out and be successful. And that's what some opposing players have said, said, here's the thing is now we know what we're getting and we still can't hit it. That's an issue. 
And yeah. so uh, he has proved to be uh, one of the biggest assets that the Braves could have. So congratulations, uh, Strider. As, uh, he, we'll talk about that with the matchups here in a little bit with the Diamondbacks. We're kind of hoping to see a different matchup just because we thought it'd be very cool to see on television. But uh, speaking of the Diamondbacks, now the month of June rolls around, uh, Lindsay. And th- again, we start out, you know, D-backs, Mets. But then after that, things get a lot easier. I don't want to call these must wins, but the way the Diamondbacks have been playing, if the Braves, now that they've had a day off, are able to go in there and win the series, I think that's a huge win because the Diamondbacks have been playing great baseball. I didn't realize this until you pointed it out to me. The Diamondbacks are not only 10 games above 500, 33 and 23 right Mm -hmm. now. They're half a game behind the Dodgers for the lead in the NL West. Like, this is a very good team right now, and they're doing it. They're getting complete performances. Corbin Carroll is your leader for Rookie of the Year. He's batting 290 with a 519 slugging in center field. I mean, Christian Walker is, has hit 12 home runs from first base. They traded for Lords Goriel, who's playing left and DHing. He's got mm-hmm. nine, 10 home runs. And then the pitching has been very good. Zach Gallen is probably one of the front runners along with Spencer Strider for Cy Young. He's seven and two with a two seven two ERA. Like th- th- this is a very very good team, and I think because we're on the East Coast and we play all these early games, we maybe don't realize how good uh, how good this Arizona Diamondbacks team is. And you're going to get to see that for three games now over the weekend because this team is legit. They've got they can play good defense, they can hit well, and they've got great pitching. Well, when it comes to the West, I always talk about West Coast bias, but another thing, there's a West, West Coast bias. Whenever you hear teams out West, they're always going to talk about the Dodgers. You know, and what they don't mention is the team that, as you just said, is a half game right behind them that has won the 11 and four in their last 15 and 13 and five in their last 18. And I told you, I hate playing teams like this, like we talked about with Toronto earlier in the season, that win series because Mm -hmm. they may not sweep a team. And they may not be showy, they may not be flashy, but they just go out and they win series. They consistently go two out of three. They you, you don't double them up on losses. It's it's tough when you have to go to a team that is that good. And so, like, I think the Toronto analogy was great. That's what I think about is having to go to Toronto when they're in second place in the AL East uh, into their house, and Atlanta ends up yep. getting swept in three games. Now. One of those was a bullpen game. You're not going to have that this time. You've got right. some decent pitching matchups. But still, it's this, like, don't look past this. This is a very challenging matchup, and you'll hear it in our picks. I mean, this is going to be close. They uh, they have scored, I think, 200, 282 runs. They've allowed mm-hmm. like 259. I mean, the offense is good. The pitching is good. Uh, it's, it's just you don't hear about them because they're a West Coast team, and everybody talks about the Dodgers. But – the Diamondbacks are better than the Padres statistically yeah. right now. And, and so you have to respect him. You mentioned uh gallon. He's going to, he'll be on the, uh, on the bump as far as Sunday is concerned, but for uh, Atlanta, it's going to be Morton Strider and Soroka. Uh, I thought you mentioned earlier in the pod just a while ago about uh, Soroka um, looking good. I do think he's just going to get better. He didn't look like he was laboring at all. Uh, he made a couple of mistakes, but I think that was to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first time out in the in the majors, regardless if he's playing the A's or not, I think that that's just something that um, making that jump from AAA and all the rehab that you've been doing over the last year and a half to going up and facing a major league 
hitters is a whole different ball game. So I think he settles in a little bit more. I think he probably feels more comfortable. He's finally been with the team now uh, for the last week and will continue to be so throughout this week. So he'll that comfort level at having a day off to be able to sit with him and talk with him. If I'm not mistaken, I think Elder actually flew out to Oakland with Soroka early uh, yeah. last week just to kind of have Number one, to get some extra rest, they flew coach. But number two, uh, just to have, just to let him have a teammate to be with in the hotel and bring that comfort back in because he hasn't. He hasn't been with a team in a year and a half. Yeah, and I'll point out that the pitching was fine in Oakland when they flew out early. Right. It was just it was just the, the offense that wasn't there when they all got there super late. <laughs> the rest yeah. of them should have flown out it's, too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty standard sometimes to let that starting pitcher, if he wants to go ahead and go out early to right. do that. Uh, this is something where... Uh, Morton Strider, Soroka for the Braves. Morton Kelly <laughs> on Friday. Charlie Morton versus Merrill Kelly. It's going to be a very good matchup. Merrill Kelly, 6-3, and 2-8-3 ERA, and dead on 69 strikeouts on the year. Going to be a really good matchup. Spencer Strider on Saturday versus right-hand pitcher Ryan Nelson. One of their youngsters had a really good debut last year, has stumbled a little bit this year, but it's still pretty dangerous. Like we said, I kind of wish that was on Sunday so you could see Strider Gallon. But Sunday, we'll have Michael Soroka versus Zach Gallen. Uh, it's kind of a late series here. 9.40 Eastern on Friday, 10.10 Eastern on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And the day game on getaway day is 4.10 Eastern on Sunday. So a little bit of a late start, but Atlanta's going to have next Monday off to kind of catch their breath and rest after that travel before they start facing the Mets. Yeah, finally some off days. You and I were talking about that before we actually uh, started uh, started the pod and uh, get you know got uh, the the day off after the A's, going to get a day off after the Diamondbacks, and then going to be taking on the Mets, and then that's when the schedule gets a lot easier. So right now it's time to put the nose to the grindstone. I still the Braves fans are not going to like hearing this. I'm going one and two in this series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it's just because the Diamondbacks are a half game back of the Dodgers, and pro- and hey, the ball. Bounces a different way for the Diamondbacks. They're probably leading the West right now. Yeah, I mean, they have, if third baseman Josh Rojas, if he hits one home run, it's probably a half game lead instead of a half game deficit. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's they hit all the way through. They get good, they have, play, they have good defense. They get timely contributions from the veterans. Evan Longoria is a rotational player for them and he's got seven home runs on the season. I mean, they're a dangerous team. I'm going, I'm going to say two and one knowing that there's a good chance I'm going to be wrong here. It's just for me, I'm, I'm hoping that the day off kind of has everybody mm. focused and, and ready to go. I do think Strider's going to pick up the win. Uh, the question's going to be, can Michael Soroka do enough to keep them down? While can the Braves score enough on Zach Gallen on Sunday? I think it'll be probably a one, one series going into that game. And I just want to believe Soroka's got it. He's going to hit another gear now that he doesn't have the emotion of his debut mm. Uh, around him. So I'm going to say two and one. If the arms do what they did against the A's and the Braves actually start hitting the baseball, it could be an e- not an easy sweep, but they could very well come out of this thing 3-0 and with a day off heading into the series against the Mets. Which so would it, be huge. It would be. It'd be a great way to start the month of June. That's a, you know, uh, Snitaker's often said that where he's big about momentum going into certain months or certain times of the year. Uh, I'm sure that's probably posted on a bulletin board somewhere. Like, let's start the month of June off correctly. And so uh, maybe the Braves will will be able to find that. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. Braves today, bravestoday.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, we would love to have you. Lindsey, as always, thank you, bud. Thanks for having me. Chop on.